This is Splurge-Worthy Wedding Day Must-Haves, written and narrated by me, Christina Fenner. A few episodes ago, I shared what I believe to be some of the biggest wedding day wastes and dumps of money that I've seen at weddings over and over again in the past 10 years. So now, I want to switch gears and talk about the seven things that I do believe to be worth the cash, splurge-worthy wedding day must-haves. Number one. Professional hair and makeup. Ladies, trust me on this one. I have seen so many wedding mornings go awry because brides and bridesmaids are running around trying to do each other's hair and makeup. Things like being late for the ceremony, to brides and bridesmaids hating their makeup, and all other kinds of less than ideal wedding morning situations. You may be thinking, well, I don't really wear a whole lot of makeup anyway, so I don't really think it's worth spending the money. Truth is, it doesn't actually matter how much makeup you wear or don't wear. It's actually the quality of product and application that matters here. You need your hair and your face to stay in place for 10 plus hours. And truthfully, the only person who is going to know how to make that happen is a professional, no matter how many YouTube videos your maid of honor has watched. There's a lot going on the morning of a wedding, and I've seen time and time again girls running around frantically trying to get everything done, and it always just adds way more unnecessary stress. Trust me on this one, just hire a professional and enjoy the time with your girls and soak in the feeling of being pampered a little bit. Also, make sure to always schedule a trial prior to your wedding day for both your hair and makeup. My best tip Schedule your makeup trial right before your engagement photos so you can actually see how your makeup will photograph. Number two, real tableware and non-alcoholic drinks. I may sound a little old-fashioned here, but sharing a meal with my loved ones is one of my favorite things to do, large or small gathering. I think the dinner meal part of a wedding can sometimes be put on the back burner because it's not exactly one of the most fun or glamorous parts of the planning process. However, I cannot even tell you how frustrating it is to try to eat prime rib with a plastic fork. Guys, I know this sounds like a really easy and simple way to cut back on the budget, but having plastic tableware really cheapens the entire dinner experience and overall tone set for the reception. I know you may think I'm crazy on this one, but trust me, I do quite a bit of people watching during dinner time at weddings. Next up is non-alcoholic drinks. Make sure that your guests do not have to pay for a bottle of water or a cup of soda, period. For me, this falls under a courtesy thing. If it's 85 degrees outside and your guests are whipping out their wallet for a bottle of water, that's just not nice. Number three, floral arrangements instead of decor pieces. In the last episode, I talked about how decor pieces at weddings are often a huge money grab because they don't make much of a statement unless you have a shit ton of them floating around everywhere. And there's a fine line between cluttered and tacky and tasteful when it comes to wedding decor. My suggestion instead, and exactly what I'm doing for my own wedding, spend that money on floral arrangements that can serve a dual purpose. For example, the floral arrangements used at your ceremony archway can then be moved inside on the head table or on a card table. Centerpieces that are a tad bit larger or fluffier have a far greater impact on the entire look and feel of your reception room rather than hanging drapery or random forever and always signs everywhere. My suggestion, work with your florist and figure out which types of flowers are the fluffiest and biggest without that enormous price tag. 
Red roses probably wouldn't be a good choice here, but certainly hydrangeas would be. And before you go all, oh my god, flowers die in like two seconds, such a waste of money, blah blah blah, you can certainly use fake flowers or some type of alternative here too. My sister got married last year and we used Sola wood flowers for our bouquets and centerpieces and they're now placed in a pretty vase and used as home decor. Number four, you should have seen this one coming, wedding day documentation. I'm just going to say it. The only piece of your day that you're going to be able to use to re-experience it is your wedding day documentation. Whether that's photography and videography or one or the other, do not skimp. There's so much more that goes into a photographer's job than just taking photos. Aside from your groom and your wedding coordinator, your photographer is who you will be without a doubt spending the most time with on your wedding day. Your photographer will pretty much be stuck up your ass for the entire day for good reason. So therefore, there's a lot more to consider than just a price tag when you're hiring one. Do your research, ask the questions, view the galleries, do all the things, and make sure that you get this vendor right. Number five, wedding day coordinator. It's sad to me that this really isn't that much of a thing around here as I believe that it should be. I think a reason for this is that brides often assume that they can just handle everything during the planning process. And while I feel the same way, brides often forget the enormous amount of coordination and teamwork that it takes to actually execute the day of. A happy bride is one that doesn't have to do anything on the wedding day other than be told what to do. This sounds kind of insane, right? But trust me, it's so true. Brides do not want to be making decisions or solving problems on their wedding day. It shouldn't be your job to determine when it's time to line up to walk down the aisle. If you're not sold on hiring someone you don't know for such an important day, or maybe you really don't want to spend that money, you can definitely reach out to that type A friend or family member that you know is just perfect for this kind of thing. And make sure you pay them. Even if they say it's not necessary, it's important for both of you to treat their job as an actual job. Set clear expectations and intentions and work together on what you would like accomplished and what you would like them to handle when it comes to your big day. Either way, having a designated problem solver for your wedding day is worth its weight in gold. Number six, professional music equipment. I'm not sure if it's like Murphy's Law or something like that, but somehow, miraculously, the iPad or iPhone never seems to want to work when it's supposed to on wedding days. Having a designated play button pusher on your wedding day is a risk because sometimes there's often a lot of interference from camera equipment and lighting. I know, it sounds crazy, but it's true, and it's actually something that I often have to look out for. The thought of just creating a playlist for the reception is nice, and it seems convenient, but then you also have to think about the speaker situation. Do you have access to speakers loud enough to fill the room? If so, how will you connect the large speaker to the iPad or iPhone? Especially since most phones and iPads don't even have a headphone jack anymore. If you can make it work, then great. But in my opinion, and because the dancing and partying is one of the things I'm most looking forward to, The music is something that I'd rather leave to a professional to handle. And number seven, last but not least, prints and albums from your wedding day. 
Technically, this is something that happens after your wedding, but it's still just as important. Nowadays, coverage is often delivered digitally for both convenience and practicality for you and the photographer. However, while this is nice, I have seen that it tends to put prints and albums from your wedding day on the back burner. And I totally know it's just a time thing. We get busy and we're always meaning to get around to ordering an album, but time just gets away from us and before we know it, our wedding photos have found a permanent home on a flash drive somewhere. Trust me when I say that there is just something extremely magical about seeing your wedding photos as a tangible item. How many of you guys love looking through your parents' wedding album? I know I do. And I want to be able to look back and show off my most important day too. This doesn't only go for wedding photos, but just photos from our daily life. As much as I'm preaching this to you, I'm also preaching this to myself because I am totally guilty of having a personal photo folder living on my desktop as we speak. Do yourself a favor, spend the money and get those photos printed. You won't regret it, I promise. So there they are, the seven things that I believe to be a little more splurge worthy when it comes to your big day. I know that the price tag for a wedding can grow pretty big rather quickly. One minute, you're on track, you're on budget, and the next, you're shopping for ramen noodles for dinner. I definitely do think that there's a balance between having a nice, well-executed wedding day while also saving big on other areas. In my last podcast episode, I shared about the ways that Dustin and I are saving and budgeting for our own wedding, and I talked about the idea of picking your top three as soon as you start to plan for your wedding. If you'd like a full breakdown on my top three method, head over and listen to that podcast episode. But here's a general idea. As soon as you start planning your wedding, decide on the three most important aspects to you for your wedding day. This can either be a specific vendor or just a category. For example, I knew that photography was number one on my top three list, but I didn't exactly know who I wanted to hire just yet. I just knew that a good chunk of our budget was going to pay for our photos. Next was my venue, and third was my dress. Other things, such as cake and decor, are still important to me, but I'm okay with spending less on them because I know that they were not in my top three. Once you have your top three listed, you can then start carving out sections of your budget for your top three, and then see how much you have left to spend in other areas, and maybe even see how creative with money saving you can actually be. This is, in my opinion, the best way to start mapping out where your money is going to go and creating a financial plan instead of just blindly swiping the card like we like to do at Target. Listen, I completely understand that some of these splurge-worthy items that I've listed may not rank so high on your list, and that's okay. What's most important is that you feel good about your budget and your vendor decisions, whatever they may be. I hope this helps and thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, cheering you on for my Excel spreadsheet, Christina.